You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. This is Sunny Side Up, and I'm your host, Asher Matthew. And today, I'm super excited to speak with Rishi Malik out of Mercado about the framework to growth marketing. Or actually, the framework for growth marketing. Sorry. Rishi, welcome to the show. Asher, thanks for having me. Great. So, Rishi, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. All right. Where to begin? I I started my career uh, actually in the consumer internet space. So, spent some time at companies like Mozilla uh, and then a company called Cool Iris, which was being incubated by Kleiner Perkins at the time. Um, Cool Iris was, was later acquired by Yahoo!, I then transitioned around 2007 more so into the mobile space. Um, so I joined the founding team of a company called Quick, QIK. Uh, at Quick, uh, we were actually working on uh, the first mobile video chat application here in the United States. Um, and we developed that technology in around you know, 2009. Uh, we were later acquired by Skype in 2011. Um, and I was at Skype, You know, spent about two years there, focused mainly on um, Skype mobile and helping that grow. Uh, really interesting to work on a product that at that time touched 200 million users. And by the end of my time there, um, 700 million users. So, you know, one in eight humans basically. And, um, so, you know, talking about growth at a totally different scale and, uh, Skype was then acquired by Microsoft. And, and after that, I spent some time uh, doing venture. So started sort of a boutique venture firm or super angel group, uh, did that for a few years. And then, uh, a couple of my co-founders from Quick um, were working on a project called Workado, um, and you know decided to join back with some familiar faces as uh, the VP of Growth at Workado. And so at Workado, uh, we're sort of the new age uh, integration platform, allowing folks to automate workflows across the enterprise. So taking something that was super technical in the past and making it accessible uh, to all business users. And uh, also for technical users, really speeding up uh, the ability to drive uh, rapid transformation across their org. Um, and so I've been at Workado now for about two years. Um, and we're a, sort of a Gartner and Forrester leader and uh, working on leading growth there. Terrific. So you must know Bob Rosen and Tony Bates then with, uh, with all your Skype stuff. I, I know Bob very well. Um, you know, Bob and I, we, we had a good run at, at Quick. Um, and so Bob actually, you know, I remember interviewing Bob at when we were starting up Quick and uh, excellent addition to the team. I think, uh, you know, after he joined, that really sort of accelerated our our growth as a company um, and then went through that transition into Skype. And, and Bob ended up continuing his trajectory with Microsoft and LinkedIn and, and Stripe. And so uh, we're actually neighbors now in Potrero Hill, in the Potrero Hill district in San Francisco. Great. We got to figure out a way to get Bob on the show. He's my one of my favorite VPs of BizDev and actually about five or six years ago uh, gave me some very solid advice that actually I used till today, by the way. So All right. great. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll try to make an extra phone call after this. Exactly. Great. <laughs> great. There you go. There you go. All right. So, 
you're, uh, what you're doing right now is leading growth marketing, right? So can you define growth marketing for us, please? Asher, it's a really good question. I feel, uh, you know, it's the, I guess I have a short answer and a long answer. Um, but, you know, growth, growth marketing, um, it, it, they're, they're sort of blending lines. And that's why I feel like people have some difficulty explaining what, what it is. Um, now with, you know, revenue operations as a title and focus on revenue inside B2B companies, um, there's some blurring of lines there as well. But I would say my sort of short definition of it is, uh, or how I like to look at it is uh, strictly sort of around funnel optimization. So whether it's top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel, growth can happen at all stages. I think traditionally it's looked at as something that's mainly sort of top of funnel. Uh, but in terms of you know, when you look at, um, you know, leads that are coming in top of funnel versus leads that might convert for expansion opportunities or with your existing customers, those leads don't hold equal weight. Some convert at higher levels. And so I think bringing the growth mindset throughout the entire funnel uh, is hugely important. Uh, the long definition, I would say, is that, um, you know, short funnel optimization, the long definition would be something more around, um how would I put this? Maybe statistically significant tests to optimize stages of the customer journey. Um, so again, the customer journey going throughout the life cycle of the funnel uh, and taking very sort of targeted um, tests and optimizations that you can kind of do along the way. Um, so it's, uh, you know, I, I could see why lines are, are sort of becoming blurred. And I think the title is also nebulous on purpose. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, you know, on on our team uh, here at Workado, um, you know, growth strategies and processes cross cut teams all the time. So we may be working with the product team on one part of the funnel. We may be working with the sales team on another part and our customer success team on another project. And I think that's the the power and the beauty of bringing the growth mindset across the entire customer journey. Terrific. So you mentioned the growth mindset. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, uh, there's, there's, um, you know, one, two things that I like to really sort of emphasize uh, with, with our team. And when I talk about the growth mindset, it's, you know, I think the one one piece of it um, is a little bit counterintuitive, but I think one thing that is really powerful when thinking about the growth mindset is whenever you approach a problem um, or interacted with a challenge, and this can be applied to to growth in general, and this could be applied to other situations. I feel in in life in general, but um, you know, I think the first thing is. Uh, knowing that you're not going to hit the nail on the head the first time around. Uh, and I want to repeat that because it's a little counterintuitive, but basically knowing that going into a problem that your first answer is actually most probably not going to be the right answer and actually being comfortable with that. Um, and it's it, the reason why I say it's counterintuitive is that, you know, in academia, we're always typically taught to get to that right answer as quickly as possible. I remember back to, you know, my days in elementary school doing multiplication tables, we used to have this race of like, how quick can we get to get that completed? And, uh, but if you think about the real world, uh, and especially in the world of, of sort of that we live in, uh, in, in growth, it, it's not that binary. It doesn't work that way. Um, usually when we run into these situations, we don't have 
perfect visibility. We don't have clairvoyance. Uh, we may have a hunch and we may know uh, 50% of the variables involved and the other 50% is um, is unknown. And so we have to go into these situations with our best guess. But I think when you approach a problem knowing that you're not going to hit the nail on the head the first time around and being comfortable with that, it ends up uh, making you approach that problem in, in two ways. One is that it gets rid of the fear of failure. Uh, so knowing and being comfortable with that you're not going to get that right answer, um, you don't have a fear of failure anymore. And so it actually allows you or frees you to try uh, more interesting approaches to solve that problem instead of taking the safe road um, and something that I really try to harness with our team. Uh, and the other thing it does is that it brings me to my next point in which I, I think is huge around the growth mindset is I like to call it the magic number of nine, uh, but it could be any number. But basically, whenever the second thing is that whenever approaching any sort of problem is having multiple approaches to solve that problem already ready. If you know that you're not going to have the right answer the first time around, then being prepared with three approaches to solving that problem. I'll give you an example on this one. Um, you know, we were doing a test on um, on social social ads. Um, you know, we have a B2B SaaS product. What is the impact of uh, more of a personal social network uh, running ads on something like a Facebook or an Instagram might be. Um, and so when we were doing our tests, um, you know, instead of running one ad with one ad image, with one ad copy to one demographic, um, what I was really trying to impress with the team is to, um, you know, the team that runs that and gets the gets a false negative um, is not going to be as impactful as the team that runs nine different ads with nine different ad images with nine different ad copy to nine different demographics um and that's in my opinion sort of uh the difference between the growth mindset enabling you from moving from good to great superb and so I, whenever i hear stuff like this right i i love the idea i love the concept i really lo would love to like take action on it right but even somebody like me, who's fairly technical and let's say risk taking person, right? I get stuck with like, how do I take the first step? So I'm trying to like figure out a framework, right? So do you have a framework for, for growth marketing? Yeah, it's it's funny. If my if my tier my team hears this, they're gonna start laughing. But I I talk about funnels all day long, and I and I think for for any channel. Um, uh, there's essentially a funnel, whether you're running business development and partnerships, there's a funnel there. Obviously, in sales, there's a funnel. Uh, on the growth side, at the, at the top of the funnel, you know, whether it's uh, paid advertised leads or organic traffic um, or, you know, outbounding prospecting, there's there's funnels in each one of these. And so I think funnels are a really critical part of the framework of growth marketing. Um that, that's the first piece. I think the second piece is um, testing and iterating. So really having a strong way of running um, super measured experience, uh, experiments. And so um, whether that's being always prepared with approaching a problem with multiple approaches or solutions, and then also having a strong way or a smart way of testing that. And then the third thing is, is having some sort of toolkit to solve those problems. So if you build a funnel um, and then you notice there's gaps in your funnel, uh, then you have a, a good way of testing and iterating. But then also having the third is a toolkit to actually run those tests. And what I would say by a toolkit, it could be anything from 
um, whether it's development resources, whether it's a, a tool that you prefer um, to have to quickly run experiments uh, along the way. And so, you know, for example, for us to make it a little bit more concrete, we're, we're fortunate enough to be able to um, eat our own dog food or uh, or like to say drink our own champagne. Um, but, you know, at Workado, you know, we since we are sort of an automation platform that uh, can help automate workflows, uh, that's the tool that we're able to use or uh, one big part of our toolkit that we're able to use to run a lot of these quick tests. And so, for example, if uh, when, when live events were a thing pre-COVID, um, you know, booking meetings uh, on the show floor was a pretty difficult task. You would, uh, if you actually went to a trade show, uh, you would actually maybe get somebody's contact info or you would scan their badge. That would lead to a CSV file that then needs to get uploaded, that then needs to get enriched, that then needs to get divvied up to various reps to follow up on those folks that visited your booth at the trade show. Uh, and next thing you know, you're sort of a week, week and a half out before you're reaching out to these folks and those leads have become cold. It's a very common thing that happens with events. And so and when we were looking at our live events funnel, we were looking at, okay, what are some things that we can do uh, quickly to test how to make that better? Um, and so we had the funnel to tell us that there was an issue there. Uh, we had a good testing and measuring framework. Um, in this case, the toolkit that was really useful was, you know, we were able to build a Workado workflow that, Instead of actually collecting this data, doing badge scans, and then getting back to these leads a week, a week and a half later, um, we actually gave our reps the ability to book the meeting right there on the show floor uh, using their own calendar app. And so obviously tracking is really important with growth. And so what we were able to do is have them book a meeting. We use uh, G Suite, so they were able to book a meeting using G Suite um, right there on the show floor that would trigger a ricotta recipe to take that information to, uh, we use Marketo to sync that with Marketo, to then sync that with Salesforce, uh, and then ping the appropriate rep that that meeting was scheduled with on Slack. Um, and so uh, that completely did a 180 in terms of our live events and the revenue that we generated from live events. But that's an example of identifying a problem in the funnel, uh, having a good testing and iterating framework, and then having a toolkit to be able to solve those problems as quickly as possible. Um, and you know, I can go on with, with other examples, but um, you know, I think having those three things are, are really important uh, in terms of being able to run a sort of a, a successful growth machine. Superb. I mean, I can't wait to go tell my team about this. <laughs> they have no idea what's coming at them. So, you know, in the pre-interview, uh, you mentioned learning about how world-class marketers have adapted to COVID, right? So can you share a couple of examples with uh, uh, with us so that people can hear about them? Yeah, um, and, and it's super interesting. And it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, there's, a, I think, a, a lot of the approach typically when we encounter events like this where a traditional channel that used to produce pipeline or leads goes away, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is, okay, uh, how can I throw money at the problem? Uh, how can I throw more resources at the problem? What else can I buy to help fix the problem? And uh, what we saw, uh, especially in like a lot of our customer base, um, so we have you know customers like Slack is one of our largest customers. 
Um, we have you know customers like like Visa and and other brands that are using the product. Um, and what we saw with uh, a lot of our customers in terms of how they were approaching. Um, uh, you know their growth strategy to accommodate for what was happening with COVID is that they were actually looking at um, really maximizing what they already had. Um, so less so around okay, what other creative techniques can I do to, to um, you know buy more leads or things of that sort. Um, and, but they were looking at what was already sort of either coming in inbound or in their existing customer base how they could actually expand further. Um, so one of the things that we saw, for example, was um, you know, inbound, I feel is, um, there's always this, you know, sort of comparison between, you know, inbound and outbound. Um, and in my opinion, they're just, uh, different levels of intent, right? Um, you know, inbound is obviously much, much higher intent. Somebody's come to your website, raised their hand, um, said that they have an interesting use case that they could potentially use your product for, but you still have to follow up with them, educate them on, why your product is the best fit for their use case and whatnot. Um, and uh, but so I, I feel like, you know, inbound doesn't uh, always get as much love in terms of uh, the amount of, of energy or uh, creativity that's put into it. Um, but what we saw for like some of these growth marketers, uh, how they were approaching it is really making inbound as frictionless as possible for the end user. So for example, the Harvard Business Review put out a, a study a few years back around the importance of getting back to an inbound lead in less than five minutes. And uh, it's really interesting because if you look at the graph, right after five minutes, there is such a street, steep drop-off between uh, whether or not uh, that lead is going to convert. Um, so it's really interesting to get back to someone as quickly as possible when they're supercharged in the moment, thinking about your product, thinking about how your product aligns with their use case, uh, there's so much value in that. And that five-minute marker is statistically significant to show that after that, there's a huge drop-off. Um, and so what we saw a lot of our customers doing is building out workflows to be able to get back to these inbound leads as quickly as possible. Um, and what that workflow looked like is basically after somebody would request a demo, um, they would then uh, use... Uh, a workflow to take that content or take the the registration information, sync it with whatever marketing automation tool that they're using, whether that's Marketo, Aloqua, HubSpot, uh, then sync it with with Salesforce, have that data be enriched with an enrichment tool like a Zoom Info or a Clearbit. And then a lot of companies these days are living in Slack. So instead of having an inbound rep having to jump to a different piece of software uh, and then go do this research on their own, all of this information is being served to them on a platter and a dossier in the app that they're using on a day-to-day -day basis. So this inbound lead gets enriched, gets synced with all um, the, the CRM and the databases that it needs to get synced with, gets served to the inbound rep with all the enrichment details, with um, uh, any opportunities that may exist in that account, and with the call to action right there in Slack as well for them to respond, um, whether it's by phone, um, by text or by email uh, directly from there. And so that was, you know, a really interesting insight that just the power of five minutes and making things easier um, changed the game for a lot of these folks. Uh, another thing that we saw uh, these growth marketers doing, too, was really focusing in on existing accounts. 
Um, and so a really neat and innovative use case that we saw them doing is basically throwing all of their product usage data um, into a database. And then they had a Workata workflow that was sifting through that usage. And then they set triggers uh, at certain points of, okay, if they're using this new feature or if their usage exceeds a certain amount, um, whatever heuristics in their product makes sense to reach out to at that point, that would then trigger whether it's marketing campaigns uh, or whether it's actually targeted outreach from the CSM rep or the customer success rep uh, to go talk to these accounts and be like, hey, you're doing this or you're not doing this with the account that you have. Um, let's have a conversation. And uh, so just those small improvements in the existing tools that they had or the existing leads that they already had really changed the game for them. Uh, we took note a lot of these strategies um, uh, and, uh, you know, it was really, we saw a little bit of a dip going into the COVID era. And then we ended up after, uh, towards the end of April, um, almost doubling our, our total meeting numbers uh, at the top of the funnel just for implementing some of these strategies. That's great. I mean, sometimes you just got to keep it simple. Exactly. Great. So as we wrap up this podcast, who would be two other folks that we should bring on to the podcast as a, ho as a guest uh, who share the same passion about growth marketing as you do? Or maybe it's other things. Well, one, um, well, one, we talked so much about Bob Rosen. I feel like that needs to happen now. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. We need to get Bob on the show. Uh, to uh, my, my partner in crime uh, here at Mercado and also um, uh, previously at other companies like Quick has been Bhaskar Roy. I think Bhaskar uh, is our VP of marketing. Uh, Bhaskar and I go way back. But, um, you know, we, uh, we share a lot of viewpoints on things. And then we also complement each other uh, quite a bit in terms of, growth and marketing. And so I think he would have a tremendous value add um, to the community to add uh, to this topic. So I think Bosco would be great. And then uh, I'm not sure if you may have already had him, but G or Guillaume Cavane, um, uh, a good friend, I think, uh, you know, he would, you know, he would love to do something like this. Perfect. Well, good. Let's reach out to them after afterwards. So we do this in closing the podcast, I just have a little bit of fun. Mm -hmm. And we always want to condense things so that people can remember them in, a ha in, in the form of a hashtag. So if we were to condense this podcast as a hashtag, what would, could it be? Ah, oh, man. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is, is a little boring. So I got to think of a better one. I was going to say hashtag test and iterate. <laughs> but um, <laughs> how about this? We need to do something about funnels. So... Um, not more funnels, not more funnels, no problem. More, more funnels, no problems. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Terrific. We will, we will do that. Um, well, Rishi, thank you so much for joining us on the show. This has been fantastic. And, uh, I, I'm pretty sure there's going to be people after this that want to get in touch with you just to learn more about growth marketing. So what would be the best way for our listeners to connect with you? Oh, I would, I would love to connect with the community. Anybody could reach me directly, honestly, at, uh, on my email. It's just my first name at workado.com. So rishi at workado.com, R-I-S-H-I at workado.com or on LinkedIn. I'm just backslash rishi malik on LinkedIn. Perfect. 
Well, Rishi, thanks again for coming on the show and best of luck with everything. Asher, thank you so much. Had a great time. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.